Yeah. Now it's just me, my nook, Mike D. Get dope. We was banging, not some master beat. On the road, I prefer my word with phantom teeth. Make it go. They don't like it when you come direct. Well, fuck, I ain't trying to get sued. Hey. Welcome, guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the Super Junior Podcast. My name is Wade. I want to thank you guys for listening and tuning in. Thank you again. I hope you guys had a great week. I hope you had a great week. I hope you had a great Monday. We started a week off right. I had a pretty good week. There's a lot of stuff happened this week. Kanye West. Um, what else? Drake talking to LeBron. A lot of basketball stuff. Basketball season starting. I can't wait for that. Football stuff. My fantasy team is killing stuff. Um, Today... There's a lot of news out there. Just a lot of news. A lot of news I'm going to get to. I'm going to talk about. And today, I hope you guys had a great Monday. I know I said it. I hope you had a great Monday. Great start to your week. I had a pretty good start to my week. Um, today, I really had one class today. And it went pretty good. We just had pretty we had presentations. We had to present our projects. We had to do this political... It's a public communications campaign cast. We have to present our um, things, our projects. I did pretty good, but I know what I find funny. I find I find it funny when people um, go up there and they present and they feel like they just did their thing. Like I I appreciate the confidence, but you but you know that they messed up, and you're just wondering why they so confident because they didn't do a good job at all. And that's one kid. He just walked he like. He finished his presentation. He walked off like he just did something like amazing. And everyone just, I looked around. I was like, like, this is terrible. Why are we clapping? And why are we acting like this guy did a good job when he didn't? But that's just me. Anyway, let's get started, man. Let's get started. Where do we want to start? I'll start with Kanye West. I'll start with him. Let's get him out the way so we get to all the other good stuff that happened this week. Kanye, he went and sat down with Trump. Um... This is not really news. I'm really I don't even care about Kanye enough anymore. Kanye is starting to become you know the you know when the news you look at the news and they always seem to this whenever they interview somebody on the street it always seems to be the worst looking black person or the worst looking person of color in general and you just wonder yourself like where did they find this person like they couldn't find anybody better that day. Kanye West is the person is that person. He's just that dusty. Person, that dusty black person that you you see on TV and just like, why, like why is this like a representation of us right now? Like there was no one out there that looked better. It's just, it just gets sad. <laughs> it's getting sad with Kanye West right now. But we gonna get through it. We gonna get through it without him. We don't need Kanye West anymore. Kanye West is doing his own thing. He cares about his own pockets, his own interests. He cares about Yeezy. He cares about his sneakers. He cares about... I don't know what else. He just cares about him. He don't care about black people as a whole. He's not caring about how his words affect black people. Like, right now, he's off in Africa dancing his little heart away. He doesn't care that people really are affected by by seeing him hang out with Trump and hug him and say that wearing that MAGA hat makes him feel like Superman. And he was talking nonsense when he was sitting there with Trump. Talking about, oh, he and Mr. Trump... I want to show you a plane. This is the plane I think you should be in. I want my president to look fly. Like, nigga, Negro, please. Stop it. Stop. Hold up. Hold up. I got a good one. Hold up. I I can't say it right. I want someone else to say it for Kanye. Here. Here, Kanye. I want you to hear it from someone else, not me. 
I'm out the good. I'm out the message, man. Here, listen, listen to Terry. Hopefully, you'll listen to Terry Cruz. Negro, please. Negro, please. That's how I feel. Negro, please. I don't want to hear about you. You want to build an airplane for President Trump because you want to look fly? Come on now. He's just embarrassing. I really wish that Kanye would like take his, use his power and his spotlight and his credibility and put it towards someone else that really needs it. Like in Chicago, there's a man named Will Holloway. I just found out about him, to be honest with you, this week on from the watching Vice News. Will Holloway is a Chicago activist. He was one of the people that was very instrumental in getting Laquan McDonald's um, tape of when he was shot and killed by the police, getting that released to the public. He was very instrumental in that. And this week, he had a, a huge victory out there in Chicago. And I wish Kanye West would have stood next to hit this man when it happened. Will Calloway and um, the, 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 the activists out in, out in Chicago got a, got a big victory. Um, the cop that was out there in Chicago that shot Laquan McDonald, um, his name is Jason Van Dyke. He was found guilty of second degree murder and aggravated battery, which I think is amazing. I think it was a, a huge win for them out there, and I want to congratulate them on that. And Will Calloway said in regards to the conviction that it was a source of inspiration for, mo for not just Chicago, but all cities across America to let them know that excessive force, unlawful and unjustified and unreasonable use of force by police officers will not be tolerated. And I wholeheartedly agree. And I wish Kanye West would use his voice and agree with Will Kyle as well. If you don't agree with him, fine. But the way that Black will hold Kanye West up to, he should agree with something like this. And he should be shining a light on situations like this and helping people like Will Calloway um, further their message, not furthering Trump's message. Like, I don't want to see Trump hanging out. Trump hanging out with Kanye West. I don't want to see vice versa. But, like I said, Will Calloway, congratulations on your victory out there in Chicago. And I think it was excessive force. They shot, the cops shot Laquan McDonald 16 times. After the first two shots, Laquan falls down and the cop continues shooting. And I know a lot of people might say Laquan had a knife. Like I said, you shot him 16 times. That's excessive. You don't need to shoot the man 16 times. I think you get the point at the first two shots, especially when he hits the floor after the second shot. Anyway, another person I was disappointed with this week in regards to Kanye West is Jim Brown. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. What happened to Jim Brown? Can someone please raise me what happened to Jim Brown? Why is Jim Brown sitting next to Kanye West? And sitting in the same room as Kanye West and Trump at the same time. Why is he there? Like, I know um, people may not be familiar familiar with him, but that man, Jim Brown, he was very instrumental in organizing that summit that Muhammad Ali and all the other famous black athletes had. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was there. I believe Malcolm X was there. Don't quote me in that, but I believe Malcolm X was there at that summit. But it was a summit for, Mike, for um, Muhammad Ali and his fight against against the government and they were all there showing support for Muhammad Ali like that's where Jim Brown comes from and to see him like sitting next to Kanye West like he's co-signing this man and he stands next to Kanye West that really bothered me like I had more respect for Jim Brown and I don't know if it's the people that's handling him I don't know if it's he really wanted to be there for Kanye West or he was forced there by his handlers but I really don't like the optics of seeing Jim Brown and his like his 
prestige sitting next to Kanye West, especially when he's doing what he was doing that day, pandering to Trump and saying how much he loved Trump and hugging him and saying how much the MAGA hat, what the MAGA hat means to him. Just it was just it was bad, bad all the way around. It was just not a, it was ridiculous. It was ugly, but we'll get through it. Another person that had a little running or had a little they were Kanye was just he dominated headlines. I'll give him that. His name is gonna stay in the news, man. But him and Drake, like Drake gave a little clarity on why he's not messing with Kanye right now. Drake was on the shop. The shop is a TV show. This is LeBron's TV show that comes on HBO Saturday. It's not every night, but on Saturdays, it came on last Saturday night. Drake was on there. He was talking about to go um, to Maverick Carter and LeBron James about what happened to him and Kanye. There's this two folds. There's two parts of this. On Drake's side, Drake feels like Drake was trying to get was trying to like mend a relationship with Kanye West and Kanye. He told Kanye when his album was coming out. He played March 14th for Kanye, so Kanye knew about his son. Kanye knew when his albums were coming out, and Kanye promised him that he would give him a beat that "Lift Yourself" beat, where Kanye ends up. Saying poopy D scoop on, yeah, that beat. That was disrespectful, Kanye. You shouldn't have done that. Like, for Drake to have to hear the beat that you promised him on the internet and you're just saying poopy D scoop on it, that was that was fucked up, Kanye. That was really messed up by you. But that's not even what Drake is mad about with you. It seems like it seems like he's more mad about the fact that he helped you out with like your album and writing it and you didn't really make a song for him. And then he when he comes out there to Wyoming. He finds that you're gonna be dropping all these albums and they're all around the date of his album, and you're trying to take a take the shine away from him. And then you also, then you also let Pusha T diss um, Drake on that song Infrared that you made a beat that you made from, like, and then you want to kind of lie and say you didn't tell Pusha. You did tell Pusha, and I don't blame you for telling Pusha. That's your friend. Like if Pusha and um, Drake have a beef, you're gonna obviously side with Pusha. So I'm not like. Drake, you should have been smarter and not told Kanye West your business. That's your fault. You gotta be smarter than that. But Kanye West is still wrong because what you did was was grimy, and you're trying to end you're trying to end Drake's career. Like you're clearly jealous of Drake and his popularity. But I'm not gonna even go there about Kanye. Some other news that happened this week besides the Kanye West drama, all that crap. Oh, this week, Bill Cosby. He decided to change his um not this week last week, Bill Cosby decided to change his legal team for his appeal of the sexual assault trial. I just think this is big because like he's obviously gonna keep fighting. He doesn't he doesn't believe he should be in jail. He's gonna keep fighting. I say fight away. If you didn't do it, you might as well keep fighting. And also on the side note, like with this, I really hope that um these people that be getting convicted of like in the Me Too era, I hope. Bill Cobb's not the only one that's going to get convicted. I hope that we see other people like Harvey Weinstein and all the other ones that were like, if they found guilt, if they, if there's evidence that they did wrong, I hope they all sent to jail. And I hope there was evidence. I didn't follow the Bill Cosby trial closely like that. I would have to read up on it more. But I hope there was like evidence that Bill Cosby did what he did. I know there's a woman saying that he did what he did. And I believe, I believe that Bill Cosby did something. Like, 60 women say something about you. Like, it's not a conspiracy. Like, 60 of them said it. Something happened. I don't know what happened. And I feel bad for what happened, for whatever, whatever 
whatever happened in the situation. But the bottom line, I just want to see everyone get punished. I just don't want to see Bill Cosby being the only one railroaded and having his legacy destroyed while everyone else gets to stay living free. Especially you, Harvey Weinstein. You need to go to jail. But moving on. Bill Maher. On Bill Maher's show this week, Amorosa was um, one of his guests. She came in there to talk about her book, as usual. I don't even care about Amorosa. Amorosa is kind of thick. But anyway, <laughs> um, Amorosa, she was um, on Bill Maher's show. He was talking about, basically he asked her about her um, if she knows about like Trump's relationship with his daughter, Ivanka. Like, what's it like? And Amorosa answered the question. I just thought it was funny. But Amorosa said that Trump kisses his daughter on the lips. And he also pats her on the butt in public. Like, in front of people, he pats her on the butt and he kisses her on the lips. That's disgusting, man. That's nasty. I just want to show people, like, this is the type of person we deal with. People, person kisses his daughter on the lips and pats her on the butt in public. I don't want to even think about what he does in private. So, that's just all I got to say. And then, speaking of relationships, 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 relationships. Tay Diggs. Tay Diggs seems like a scorned man. He was on a breakfast club this week and he was talking about how he doesn't like after his divorce from his um last wife who was white, he feels like he feels afraid or he's a little bit hesitant to date a white woman again because of all the backlash he received from black women because of his dating history. And I said, I laughed when I, when I heard this story, when I read, I was watching The Breakfast Club and I saw him say this, I was just, I was dying inside because I already knew the black woman he was talking about. He was talking about my mom, my mom, my mom don't like that. <laughs> like that she don't like it. It's just the fact that, and I completely get it. Like if you only see like a, if a black man, for black women, he's a black man only dating a white woman. They're going to have a problem with that. Like. Like I understand you like you like who you like, but at the same time, it's wrong to see like to not even give a black woman a chance or you don't even care about black women, like they feel a certain type of way about that. So you understand where they're coming from. And I know what he's talking about, so I know I know what struggle he means. But that's just you gotta roll with the punches, man. Like that's just that's what that's what comes with the territory. Especially if you're gonna go out on that limb and say, Hey, I don't I don't want to date black women. Black black women are gonna have something to say about it, and they have every right to say something how they feel in that situation. Like they feel disrespected. I don't feel disrespected too. If, I, if a black woman came told me like I don't date black men, like I'll feel some type of way too. So I understand what Sage is gonna do, but but black they they're not gonna take kindly to that if you only date white women. I already know that. <sighs> now moving on away from Jay Diggs. I'm, I'm, Day dates, just keep hope alive, man. You're gonna be fine. Date who you want to date. Doesn't matter. Like, don't be afraid to like be be yourself. And if you whoever you fall in love with, you fall in love with them. Moving on, I saw this week. I saw the the new Aladdin movie. Can I just say that um, like it's not a new Aladdin movie. It's a new trailer for Aladdin movie. I just want to say though, Will Smith is doing way too much. <laughs> I'm sick of seeing Will Smith, man. I'm sick of it. Like I kind of missed the days when Will Smith was like went dark and we didn't see him until he's until he had another movie out. Like him doing all this stuff, him and his wife. Like I'm sick of seeing them. Like go stay in the background again. Like it's okay just to be in the background. You don't have to be all out here like the young people. Like keep your integrity. Like keep a little mystique about you. 
But then also again, I do appreciate Will Smith for his positivity and stuff message. But sometimes I feel like he's doing too much. All the rapping stuff now. He's he's going to Jaden's concert and performing with Jaden. Like he's doing too much. And then he's also bungee jumping like Trevor did when he asked Hillary to marry him. Like he's doing so much. He's doing too much. But I am gonna go see that new Aladdin movie where he's playing genie. I'm gonna go see that. I'm not gonna pay full price for it, but I'm gonna go see it. Like, I'm gonna go see it like on a Tuesday, get tickets at price. Enjoy that little trip. I have to go I still have to go see Venom. I was gonna go watch it last week. I was gonna go cut class, but and just go see let's go watch it. <laughs> but I decided to go to class anyway. Be a good student. <laughs> Oh, what a bad decision. Anyway, back to move. Oh, more movies. I was watching them. Um, I was scrolling on Instagram over the weekend, and I saw a post from Ball Alert. They were sitting there trying to compare movies, and they were trying to, like, it was like a black movie test. You had to, like, see, look through all the movies they have listed and pick and figure out your score because your score is based on how many movies you've seen. I was going through it. I think I had, like, a 40, huh? It was Friday. I seen Friday. Boys in the Hood. Seen Boys in the Hood. I seen a I seen a good majority of them. Majority of them I seen. There's a couple of them on here. I was just like, what? Why is this movie here? Like, I'm gonna tell you them. A lot of people had a problem with the Eight Mile. Eight Mile. Eight Miles movie with, with um B Rabbit and Eminem. It's not a black movie, by the way. So I take that off the list. If, if you're gonna put on a black movies list, there's way there's way more movies that deserve that spot than than Eight Mile. Honey, it's another one. Girls Trip and Black Panther. Those four movies I had a big problem with. The other, the first two, Girls Trip and Eight Mile. I'm not Girls Trip, Eight Mile and Honey. Those two. I think it's obvious why they shouldn't be there. Like they're not really black movies. They're just, I don't know. They're not black movies in my opinion. They're not. And then the other two, Black Panther and. Girl Strip. Girl Strip is too early to be calling uh, saying, like, I get it's a black movie, but from this like this, when you have movies like Friday, Boys in the Hood, New Jazz City, Juice, Trading Day, those are classics. Above the Rim, those are black movie classics that people in the black community regard as classics. Girl Strip is not a classic, and Black Parent is not a classic in my opinion. Neither is Honey. So, most movies, Black Parent is not a, a classic yet. People make it seem like the class just because, oh my god, there's black people on TV. Oh my goodness. What one movie they did forget on this list was Robert Towns' movie, The Five Heart Beats. That's one of the best black movies ever made. Come on now. One of the best black movies ever made. The Best Man, another best one of the best black movies ever made. I think The Wood is missing off of this list. Yeah, The Wood is not on here. Like, there's a bunch of black movies they missing off this list. Like, baller. I don't know who made this list for you guys, but y'all need to fix it. I don't like it. I know it was a couple days ago, but I still don't like that list. It's been bothering me for a good time. A good while now. <sighs> Let's go to some, like, local news. The Bronx. I found found out that Antrax is the reason why I don't have a Metro North in the Bronx yet. I can't wait for the Bronx to get a Metro North. I know it means that the Bronx is going to get gentrified. But to have a Metro North, especially where they're going to have it, um... Amtrak, you know, laying it. Metro is supposed to be in the Bronx. Hunts Point, uh, over the, the stops supposed to be Hunts Point, Parkchester, and Bay Plaza. Some other ones, I think Morris Park, but those are the three stops I do remember. Hunts Point, Parkchester, and Bay Plaza. Those are the ones I care about because those are the ones I'm close to. Oh, I can't wait for that to happen. I'm sick of being on buses. I'm sick of being on train. 
I don't even take those things anymore because I just don't like them. It's just so sad and miserable looking when you, when you see people on the train, especially when you have to deal with the two train, the six train, the five buses. I don't want to be on that. I don't want to be on that stuff at all. I try to avoid it. The Metro North would be better. And it just, but it is a sign that the Bronx is getting gentrified and it's scary. I don't know why Bronx is getting gentrified. Bay Plaza is already, it looks like it's going, like it's, it's about to be taken over. You got a Starbucks in Bay Plaza, people. And I know it's been there. It's been there from like, I, I noticed it like at the beginning of the summer, like, like around like the end of August. I started, no, I noticed it. Like, damn, they got a Starbucks in Bay Plaza. It's about to be gone. Like the Bronx is gonna be gone too. I just feel like I don't mind like gentrification. I just feel like it should still keep the integrity of the neighborhood at the same time. Like I know I was reading, so I was reading on Malcolm X, and he was talking about how he described Harlem as like a black belt, and it was just like it was like he said it was like an epicenter for black culture, black money, and just like. Everything black. There was just like everything. Like it was an epicenter. It was like epicenter for black culture to thrive, and it was just like it was great to see and, and great for him to hear him describe it like that. But now when you look at it, it's not that anymore. Like I miss, like I wish Harlem would have evolved from when it was when Malcolm X was around because he thought it was a black belt already back in the sixties. Imagine what it could be now if he would have like kept improving it and kept improving making more black belts it would have been better like every city should have like a black belt and a harlem like that a harlem that malcolm x envisioned when he made that speech of the battle of the bullet like that's the type of harlem everywhere should have a harlem basically the harlem that malcolm x described not the harlem that it is now harlem is not good now like it's still good it's just like it's different, like it's gentrified, and I just wish it could have still been the epicenter for like black culture and black lifestyles. They just like we have Chinatown, just how we have Little Italy's. We have like in Brooklyn, we have like the City Jews neighborhood. Like they have like their own little epicenter for them and like for their own like wealth, like uh, their own centers for for for, for them. It's not about segregation. It's about is having your own little space for you to call home, basically. You know, you can always go back to. So, that's just my fear with that. Also, another t- topic from the Bronx. Fat Joe, he's doing something good in the Bronx. He's buying kids in the Bronx um, sneakers. It's part of sneakers being Nikes and Jordans. Uh, it's part of his like a program. It's like a, it's an education challenge that he's doing in Bronx schools. Which is very good. I think it's a great move. Um, we do need a lot more people that's gonna look out for the kids in school. This I don't like using Nikes though. Nike, like everyone is like feeling themselves and feeling Nike just because they wanted to support uh, Colin Kaepernick. But ugh, I feel like Colin, they did that more for themselves to protect themselves. Like it. They knew that if they stood behind Colin Kaepernick, it will only help their bottom line. It's not gonna hurt them. They knew it. And I read this. I was listening to this Vice episode, and they were talking about it. How like Nike bet on black. Nike bet that um, black people will set the trend. Like black people will influence a culture more than 
a old white man in his 40s would influence a culture. Like, and it's the truth. Like, black people influence culture. If if I tell you, if black people like find something that is popular and makes make something popular and and make people want to buy it, like they have a lot of power in making culture and making what what's cool. Basically, we make what what is cool. Like, think about it. like the Kardashians been stealing black ideas all the time with the braids, the box braids, and stuff like that. Like. What are the black things that people find cool now? Now people want to have big lips and stuff. That's stuff that I used to get made fun about having big lips. Now people want to have big lips with Kylie Jenner and stuff like that. So it's just things that I'm not trying to compare Nike to the to to the Kardashian. I'm just saying it's all on the same wavelength. And I feel like Nike, yes, they did a good job by supporting Colin Kaepernick, but let's pump the brakes with the credit. And I don't want to see people. Like driving up Nike stock, like Nick Cannon buying a bunch of socks for Nike for people, like just driving up their stock. Like, they, like this is exactly what Nike wanted. This is what they bet on. Like that you were just gonna show more support towards them, and the the little sales that they're gonna lose from like those old white conservatives that that don't like Colin Kaepernick is gonna be made up by sticking to the black community and helping them out more. So bet the right way. That's all I gotta say. Just bet the right way. Since we were lost in nostalgia for Kanye West, let's get lost in nostalgia about Eli Manning. How can I put this? Eli Manning sucks. He sucks. I challenge anyone to say that he's good or he's like an amazing quarterback. Like, he's not. He's not good anymore. He hasn't been good since 2013. He hasn't been good. Like, Eli Manning has spent the last, like, six years sucking. And then when Odell Beckham Jr. finally got to the team, that's when his play picked up again. But then, in 2016, that's when everything fell apart once again because Odell Beckham Jr. wasn't enough. The offensive line started giving him trouble. Like, man, Eli Manning is just... He can't move around in the pocket anymore. Like, Giants have a weakness. Everyone wants to say Giants have have a weakness with their offensive line. Well, then get a quarterback that's mobile, that you can move the pocket. You can have little run pass options. You can have play. You could do play action because, like, do play action, do rollouts, bootlegs. Like, just do something where you move the pocket. So he's not being stationary, but no. Eli can't even run, run and throw. He can't even do that anymore. He just has to stay in the pocket. He's just getting up there in age and it's just need to, the Giants need to move on from him. And Odell Beckham Jr. was right. I know a lot of people are mad at him for speaking up. They 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 feel like, oh, Odell, you shouldn't criticize Eli Manning. You should let everyone else. You should let the um, media say it for you. Like, no, I'm. You paid me this money. I'm supposed to be a leader. I deserve a better quarterback. I deserve someone that's gonna get me the ball and is, that is competent. Eli Manning is not competent right now. He's not. He's he's playing below average. Even a, even if he had a half if 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 Odell Beckham Jr. had a halfway decent um quarterback, this this offense and the team will be look totally different. Odell Beckham Jr. wants a quarterback that's going to give him a chance to do what he's paid to do, to be a game changer, to be a game breaker. Odell Beckham Jr. is being wasted right now, and people are being are, are not seeing that because they want to hold on to Eli Manning what he did in those two Super Bowls. Newsflash, people. Let me give you some stats on Eli Manning. 
His career completion percentage is 60%, 60.1%. In 2013, the year before Odell Beckham Jr. got there, his QBR on a scale of 0 to 100 was a 39.3. 39.3 on a scale of 0 to 100. 39.3. Okay. In 2014-2015, Odell Beckham Jr. arrives. His QBR goes up into the 60s. And then 2016, as I just mentioned, Offense line issues all day. Offense line issues. Oh, his QBR went back down in those two years, 2016, 2017, into the 40s. 2017, he'd have Odell. Fine, fair enough. Now, Eli, been in the league 15 years. Been in the playoffs six times out of those 15 years. Four times of those six years, he was one of them in the playoffs. He had a record of 0-4, three touchdowns, seven interceptions. The two years where he was good, he was 8-0, 15 touchdowns, two interceptions. Amazing. Those are amazing numbers in those two years. But the, So really only had two good years in his career, two good years. And, the four, and, he had, and he had basically 13 years of terribleness, whackness. He made the playoffs in those other four years, but he didn't do nothing. Eli Manning is just – the question that people just need to – like answer when it comes to Eli Manning is is Eli Manning a Hall of Famer with two rings or is he a Hall of Famer because he has two rings that's the question and once you answer that question then you can honestly say that hey the Giants don't need Eli no more because he's not a Hall of Famer without those two rings he's not a Hall of Famer I think Philip Rivers is way better than Eli Manning. And Philip Rivers doesn't even have a ring. I think Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer before Eli Manning. But that's just my opinion. Eli Manning is not a good player anymore, guys. And I think we need to stop calling him. And like To me, this whole situation, Eli, is like proving what like what white privilege is. Like You could be mediocre at your job. You could be mediocre your whole career. Have two good seasons out of 15 but you're still regarded as a Hall of Famer, and people are acting like a wide receiver can't criticize him just because he's a Manning. Oh, he's he's part of the first family in football. No, he's I don't care. Eli Manning is not good. You want if Eli Manning wants respect, this is what Eli Manning needs to do. Eli Manning needs to go to go into the Giants' office and say, "Hey, I can't do it anymore. I think I need to go. Can you please find a way to send me to Jacksonville?" Him in Jacksonville would be perfect. Because Jacksonville has a decent offensive line. They can keep them upright. They got decent receivers with D.D. Westbrook. They have a good running back tandem with T.J. Yeldon. If Leonard Fournette ever gets healthy, he could be a good piece for him. Like He has everything around him. That defense, we know, even though they struggle against the Cowboys, they did struggle. But the Cowboys played. They showed up. But Cowboys, that Prescott still can't throw for 200 yards. Like, eh, eh. Not that impressed. Like I'm impressed that they got that big win. Their defense, Cowboys defense is real, people. The defense is real. Their offense sucks, but their defense is real. Like Jalen Smith is paying like a monster. Like Demarcus Lawrence, like he's the reason why I would never play football. Cause I think football players there's a screw loose. But Cowboys defense is for real. But like I said, they struggled. The Jaguars struggled against the Cowboys this past week. But the Jaguars have a good defense. They have a good running game. They have good receivers. Their offense line is competent. They're respectable. If Eli Manning is sent to Jacksonville, I think 
Jacksonville has a good chance of winning a title this year and next year. Well, until Manning turns 40. Because like, Eli needs everything perfect around him. Now, for the Giants, I'm going to give you a name. I know everyone's going to be like, oh, you're just saying it because you're black and Colin Kaepernick is black. No. I just want to give you some numbers on Colin Kaepernick and Eli Manning. I just want to compare the two. Colin Kaepernick, in his final year, 2016, that was also one of the... Uh, the, the, when um, Eli Manning's production with Odell Beckham Jr. went down in 2016, that year, Colin Kaepernick's QBR was 49.5. Eli's was 49.3. Comparable. But Eli had Odell Beckham Jr. In Colin Kaepernick's final two years in the NFL, his coaches were Jim Tom Sula. I'll repeat that for you. Jim Tom Sula. Yeah, him. I don't remember him either. Chip Kelly, the guy that's struggling right now just to get a win in the U- uh, with the UCLA Bruins. Uh, he could barely get a win in, in college, and that was his coach his final year. I mean, you know what a disaster he turned out to be for the Eagles and for the 49ers. He got ran out of the NFL, so that's all I'm saying. Oh, and his receivers, Colin Kaepernick? Lord Jesus. Lord, Lord Jesus. I'm gonna read these names, and then I want to. I want people to like tell me: Have they ever heard of anyone that I'm gonna say right now? Just let me know, cause I have never heard of any of these people that are on the that Colin Kaepernick was thrown to. First name: Aaron Burbridge. Let me know. Don't worry, I'll wait. Chris Harper. Wait. Don't worry, I'll wait. Don't worry, I'll wait. Uh, wait, Jeremy Curley, DeAndre Smith. Jeremy Curley was actually a good receiver for the New York Jets, but come on now. Who knows any of those four receivers? Don't worry, I'll wait. No one knows them. Come on now. No one no one knew who Colin Kaepernick was playing with. That's the problem. Colin Kaepernick had no one to play with. And then they wanna they always want to downgrade Colin Kaepernick. I hear people do all the time, like, oh, Colin Kaepernick didn't have a good final. Everyone wants to say, oh, Colin Kaepernick didn't have a good final year. Like, yeah, because look we had to work with. Aaron Burbridge, Chris Harper, Jeremy Curley, and DeAndre Smelter. Those were his receivers. And Colin Kaepernick found a way to get 16 touchdowns and four interceptions. Eli Manning, he had Sterling Shepard. He had Odell Beckham Jr. He had weapons on, on weapons. And the best he could do was get a 49.3 QBR. Still less than... Um, Colin Kaepernick, and he had a way worse squad. So, I'm not a Giants fan. Y'all do what y'all want. Me, personally, I think it's time to get rid of Eli. But moving on, Sunday Night Football. Also, Monday Night Football was on tonight. I saw it was a shootout between the Green Bay Packers and um, the San Francisco 49ers. I really don't care about that game. Like, I should probably check and see who won, but who cares about the Packers? and <laughs> And the 49ers game, to be honest. The Packers are facing the Bears or something. I'll be more interested. But the 49ers, like, come on now. Jimmy Garoppolo's hurt. No one wants to see that game. But a game that everyone wanted to see. Whoo, boy. Tom Brady versus, um, oh, boy, Patrick Mahomes. Pa- Patrick Mahomes, man. Before I get on Brady, I'm going to start with Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, man. He might be he might be the truth, man. He might be the truth. Like typically I'm like I was saying that like since he's come out, I've been like hesitant to be like jump on the bandwagon. But he showed me something last night 
um, against the Patriots up in Foxborough. Like the first half, he was struggling, threw a couple of deceptions, threw one to high tower, bad throw. The one at the end of the half, I wasn't really mad at. Like he's either get points, he's either get three points or get a touchdown. Like I like to gamble. He he gambled wrong, but it's not that costly. That second half though, when he came out, he showed me something. Like the way he came out and just took over the like took over the game basically. And like really asserted himself and showed like, hey, I deserve to be on this field. I deserve the same kind of acknowledgement that Brady gets. Like I I'm gonna be on that level one day. I felt that from him watching that game. And I really respect this I I respect this game. Kansas City could be a problem. Tariq Hill is a monster. Like he's becoming a receiver. Like Tariq Hill is what for the Bengals, the Bengals, John Ross, he's always hurt, but that's what the Bengals want John Ross to turn into. He wants to, they want him to turn into a Tyreek Hill to make himself into a good receiver. Like Tyreek Hill used to be just a specialist. Just I'm gonna outrun you. Now he can actually run routes, catch the ball, he's outrunning people. The McCordys, they cannot stay up with him. They they quick, they fast, but they cannot hang with um Tyreek Hill. Kareem Hunt is a beast. They have Sammy Watkins. They also have the other guy. They also have um Travis Kelsey. I love Travis Kelsey. He's helping me in my fantasy league tremendously. He's one of those keys to my fantasy league, Travis Kelsey. He ain't do too well this week, but overall, he's been great on my fantasy team. And just in general, the, the Chiefs are going to do good this year. Like I said, Patrick Mahomes really showed me something this week. I was really impressed. Now, Tom Brady, that man's amazing, yo. I'm not even going to deny it anymore. The man's amazing. He's just, he's on another level, man. That fourth quarter, that joint was amazing. 180, 180 plus yards in the fourth quarter. Like, basically not missing a throw. Like, it was just amazing seeing this man go off. And I'm a Jets fan, and I was just like, damn, yo, this nigga Tom Brady, yo. He's just one of those people like, damn, like, you can't bet against him because you just know he's going to come up with it. He's going to find a way. He's going to find a way to get through. Always going to find a way. It's crazy. He always seems to find a way. Every year. Every year he seems to find a way. So, Tom Brady. Oh, another thing about Tom Brady. I was almost forgot to mention. Tom Brady. After the game, he wore his leather jacket. Man, he was tr- like he was, he was feeling himself after the game. He was like, yo. Came out with his leather jacket. Put it on. He zipped it up. He was like, hey, I don't even think we punted today. Like, you know you didn't punt. He was bragging. Oh, Tom Brady was feeling himself on Sunday night. Yeah, he was looking cool with his little Fonzie coat, looking like the Fonz. Like, I see you, Tom. You trying to show, like, hey, I'm still the man. Like, I know y'all love um, Patrick Mahomes, but remember, I'm still the man. I'm still, I'm still the cool guy. Like, I'm still Tom Cool. I'm still Tom Ford. He's looking clean with that leather jacket, man. Tom Brady impressed me with his performance. Like, I had to give it up to him. Usually I don't like to, but I had to give it up to him. And I was Oh, like I was mentioning, the Bengals, Bengals game. I don't know if anyone saw this, but if you haven't, look up the highlight of Joe Mitzen. He ran the ball in, gave the Bengals a 21-20 lead, and he tries to jump up and, like, jump into the crowd and then he gets denied by the shot clock. I mean, not the shot clock, the play clock. I just thought that was hilarious because I'm just like, wow. Like, this is exactly what happens. Like, for the Bengals, it always happens. Like, they always, like, they do good. You think they're going to take that next step, and then they get denied 
at the last moment. He just like that whole that whole like touchdown celebration described the Bengals perfectly. The Bengals lost the game to the Steelers. Also, I don't even know. They just lost the game. I really felt that the Bengals were are a better team than them than the Steelers. Me personally, only because I just don't like the Steelers, especially how they went out there. Le'Veon Bell, those offensive linemen, very disrespectful talking about Le'Veon Bell's money. They need to know their place. Don't talk about another man's money, especially in baseball, especially in football. Sorry, not baseball. Don't talk about another man's money in football. Like disrespect that man. Respect the fact that he's trying to get his money. Because you know money in football is not guaranteed. So you got to make it. You got to strike while the iron's hot. So I feel like they shouldn't have said anything. But the Bengals, Drake Kirkpatrick, going back to them. Bengals, Drake Kirkpatrick, he said that he thinks the Bengals are a better team. I agree with him. Bengals have Tyler Boyd, who can be a, a true number two for A.J. Green. Joe Mitzner at the running back. They also have Giovanni Bernard at the running back if he gets healthy. Um, John Ross, if he ever becomes an actual receiver. Like he will be a good thing, a good piece, but he's always hurt at the same time. Andy Dalton, we just gotta see if he can do it. The defense is good. They just have to like they just can't face the Steelers. And Marvin Lewis needs to get it done this year in the playoffs. Like I know he's probably gonna get even more time, but he needs to get it done this year in the playoffs, honestly. And I think the Bengals could be better than the Steelers. That division's gonna be tough though because the Ravens, like their defense is real. It's real. If their offense gets it together, like Joe Flacco, he pulls it together, Joe Flacco could get another ring. He can go on his little miracle runs again. He can get another ring. Like him and John Brown have a good wavelength and that defense. T sizzle in that defense. It's a problem. So I'll watch out for the I'll watch out. That division's a good is gonna be a good race. It's a good race in that division. So what else happened in football this week? Miami, I think they're gonna have a QB controversy, man. I think they're gonna have a QB controversy. Controversy. If Adam Gase is able to like whisper, and he's supposed to be a QB whisperer. If he's able to whisper into Brock Osweiler's ear and get him to play better, like Ryan Tannehill might not have a job when he comes back because Brock Osweiler looked good against the against the Bears of all teams. The Bears have a good defense. You no, know, Khalil Mack's been killing people, sacking them up. He's a terror, man. Khalil Mack is a He's a game changer, but he's been changing the game for them. And Brock Osweiler and Ryan Tannehill, that's something I want to keep an eye on. I think people really need to keep an eye on the fact on that. If Brock Osweiler comes out again and plays a good game, it could be a problem. So I got to say. Now, fantasy, man, fantasy, fantasy, fantasy. Let me tell you guys about my fantasy team. Talk about some people. Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley's a monster. He's on my fantasy team. I'm five and one, by the way. Fantasy. Yeah, I said it. People in my fantasy league, if you're listening, five and one. You guys nowhere to be seen. I'm number one. Just saying. Regular stuff. Yes, yes, yes. Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley. Like I was saying, fantasy team number one. But yeah, Todd Gurley. He's been helping my fantasy team so much. I just want to talk about the Rams, though, too. The Rams, they're starting to remind me of the greatest show on turf. I don't know y'all remember this, but Kurt Warner, um, Isaac Bruce, Tory Holt, and uh, and Marshall Falk. Like, we have, like, 2.0 right now. Todd Gurley's a beast. Cooper Cup, a beast. Um, the other guy on the side of Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods. Those receivers are monsters. Jared Goff is a, like, he puts the ball 
right where you right where you need it all the time. Right where you need it. And I wanna talk about Cooper Cup one of these days too and how I think like him, Adam Thielen, and I think Jordy Nelson is like the receiver that started like that wave of like these like white receivers that's able to play on the outside and be like a true number one wide out. Like Jordy Nelson is like started that wave. I just wanna talk about that. But like I was saying, the Rams they had the greatest show on turf, yo. Again, and Todd Gurley's a monster. And Jared Goff, he can throw the ball. Like Jeff Fisher should be fired again for making Jeff, Jared Goff look this bad, look that bad his first season. He should be fired again. I'm glad um, Jeff Fisher's on doing something else. And I and I don't like the fact Jeff Fisher's announcing for football games. I don't want to hear that man. I don't want to hear that loser. Jeff Fisher's a certified loser. He loses all the time. Like he had one good year with um, Steve McNair in Tennessee. Like, Jeff Foss is a loser. Uh, is this Jeff Foss? Jeff Fisher. Sorry about you. That's John Foss. Jeff Fisher is a loser, <laughs> by the way. But anyway, like I said, Todd Gurley, greatest show on turf. I think he's better than homeboy, the guy that he played with. Um, Marshall Falk. I think he's better than Marshall Falk. I think this team, like, them in Kansas City, <sighs> Seeing them in, a, in, in the Super Bowl would be amazing. Amazing. Who else is on my fantasy team? Keenan Allen's on my fantasy team. He did pretty good. I wish Keenan Allen would score a touchdown. That's all I got for fantasy. I'm destroying these guys. I'll be mad if I had Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson's not playing that good this year. He needs to get his stuff together. Like, he's not the quarterback I thought he, he would be coming into this year. I just hope he gets his stuff together. I, but that's it for football right now. We'll talk about football next week. Let's move on. All right. Let's get into baseball. Let's get into baseball, baseball, baseball. Oh, what can I say about baseball? My Yankees lost. My Yankees lost in baseball this week. Very, very disappointing. I was very disappointed with the Yankees losing. I was disappointed, but then I thought, sat back and I thought, like, hey, I'm optimistic. Like, Yankees next year, they're going to be a problem. Because this year, they didn't, like, their season wasn't, the greatest. It wasn't smooth. Like Gary Sanchez had his issues behind the plate. He wasn't hitting. He's having trouble catching. Um, Didi Gregorius. He, like now he has his elbow hurt. He, has, he needs to have Tommy John surgery. He missed time this year. Um, Aaron Judge missed a lot of time this year. Um, Miguel Andujar. He had his little struggles. He he didn't really play that much in the playoffs. He had his struggles defensively. Maybe Torres really didn't show up in the playoffs. Um, Severino. He didn't show up. CC, like I expected more from CC. I don't think they'll bring CC back. Like CC, I think he needs to show that he could be that pitcher. Like um, I'm not saying he has to be exactly like Verlander, but that pitcher that we could rely on, like the Houston Astros rely on Verlander, like to set the tone for us and get us back on track with a start. And he didn't do that this year, but if he comes back at a discount, a good price, I would I wouldn't mind having CC back though. For the whole season, another person I was like people I think are hard on was um Giancarlo Stanton. Like Stanton, he did lead the team when with um when Judge went out with his industry, he was leading the team, and he did end up end up with a hundred RBIs and thirty eight home runs this year, which is pretty damn impressive. Your first year in New York, your first time being in a winning situation, being in New York with New York media, and to come out with thirty eight RB thirty eight home runs and a hundred RBIs is pretty damn impressive to me. So. 
I can't wait to see him next year with another year on his belt as a New York Yankee. I think he's going to do great next year. Really do. Um, Another a person, I, if Didi's going to be out this year, though, a person I think that the Yankees need to get is or should get. One, one, I think they need to get a good hitter. Like, I have to really look at the market to see who's on um, free. It's going to be a free agent this year, so I'll get back to you guys on that. But one person I see right now is Manny Machado. I know a lot of people think that he's going to be a lot of money, and do you want that influence in the locker room because he doesn't hustle all the time, like down first base? Manny Machado is a good hitter, and then he also, like, we need, the Yankees need a player that can just hit the ball. Like, we don't need a person that hits home runs and then hits for power and stuff like that. We just need a good hitter, like a good contact hitter. Like, no matter what, He's gonna get a hit. He's gonna get a single. He's gonna get a double. He's gonna get. get he's gonna get something. He's gonna get a hit. He doesn't need to be always a home run. That's the thing with the Yankees. We're all, like we're always looking for the home run. Like just pace ourselves. Get a regular hit. Just to get a regular hit. That's what we need. Just good hitters. This um this all season we need to pick up and starting pitching. And Boone just gotta learn from the mistakes, man. This year is gonna be great. I hope we bring back Robinson, and I hope he finds someone to bring back both Britain and Robinson. That would be a good move. Uh, I'm optimistic. But all I know is Boston better win their ring this year because they're not going to – they're not being my Yankees. I, I refuse to believe that. Next year is not happening. Boston had an amazing year. Everything went right for them this year. They got 108 wins. Yankees, everything – it seemed like everything that could go wrong went wrong. Greg Berg sucked all year. Like, everything that could have went wrong did go wrong with the Yankees this year. And we still ended up with 100 wins. Like, I'm optimistic about next year. This year, Boston, ALCS, I don't know. Like, Dave Price, he looked terrible. Like, I like, I don't know what's wrong with Dave Price. I would get out of that contract ASAP if I could. But I don't think they can. Chris Sale, hopefully he feels better. Hopefully he's doing better. Um, I don't know. Boston... I'm not, I really don't care about this series, to be honest with you. Not a man, he's out. But I really do think that Boston should get, I say, I think Boston, if Boston's going to win, I think they're going to win in seven. They have to win in seven. But I think, in my opinion, I think Houston can win in, in, um, in sits. I think Houston can win in sits. The other side, NLCS, Manny Machado again. Manny Machado, he actually showed up in game one of the NLCS over the weekend. He had a good game. He had a home run in game one. And also, him and Matt Kemp, they came up big in the eighth inning of game one. They got clutch hits. They cut the lead to, to two. Um, but then Yasiel Puig stepped up to the plate. Yasiel Puig, the one that told all that crap about how the Dodgers are going to make it back to the playoffs and stuff like that. Just wait and see. And then Yasiel Puig comes up in eighth inning with Kemp and Machado on. He strikes out to end the, to end the inning. It's embarrassing. Then Turner, game one, he ends the game with a strikeout, with his fourth strikeout of the game. It's a high fastball. Just missed it. He struck out to end that game. But then he came back the next day, game two. He had a big two-run home run. Gave the team, gave the Dodgers a lead. And Dodgers up. Uh, tied the series up at two, one, one all. One to one. And then next year, the next game, game three was tonight on Monday night. See the results. I think the Dodgers are gonna win and, and gonna win the series. 
I think he's going to go. I think he's going to go seven. He's going to go seven. Because with the Brewers bullpen, Brewers, their bullpen is the strength. Like, can their bullpen last, like, a long series, like, go, go seven games? Like, especially, I think they were using their, their bullpen from, like, they use their bullpen really early. Like, they start this pitch, like, two innings, and the bullpen takes takes it the rest of the way. I don't know about that formula. I feel like if if um L.A. can, like, stretch the series out to seven, like, it's going to tire out those arms and work in L.A.'s advantage, especially with all those good hitters L.A. has. Matt Kemp, Machado, I think those guys can get to him. Um, Bellinger, a lot those guys can get to um, the Brewers bullpen eventually if they get they keep seeing them over and over. If it's a short series, I think the Brewers are gonna win a short, could win a short series because of that bullpen. So it's gonna be about longevity. Who can who can last longer in those two series? Some other sporting news this week: um, Terrence Crawford, he had a fight this week. He fought against um I don't even know the guy's name. Let me go look. Let me look up the guy's name. Actually, forget. It. You don't need to know his name. <laughs> He's a boxer. They fought on Saturday night. Terrence Crawford won. I only care about Terrence Crawford. I can't wait. To- Terrence Crawford won that fight. Um, it was a 12th round TKO. He hit him with a in the last minute with a beautiful uppercut. Guy went down and then he got back up and then um, Crawford was able to finish him off and he won. The- he won the fight TKO. I just can't wait to see Crawford face Earl Spence. I can't wait to see that fight, Earl Spence. I want to see Crawford fight all the welterweights. I want to see him fight Keith Thurman, Sean Porter, Danny Garcia, all of them. All those welterweights that I talk trash. I want to see all of them get in the ring with um, um, Terrence Bud Crawford. I think Terrence Crawford could beat Errol Spence. I think Errol Spence could, could beat anyone over there on Showtime that they have boxing for them. Like, I think Errol Spence can take... We'll take care of all those guys. And then, I just want to see him and Dumb and Terrence Crawford, honestly. And on the undercard of the Terrence Crawford fight, his kid named Shakur Stevenson, he fought. Yo, he he destroyed the white guy he faced. He destroyed that man in the first round. I was like, damn. The power that young kid has is going to be something. Because he caught that man lovely. And he was just, the guy was just out on his feet. You could just tell in his eyes. Like, oh, shit. Like, I just got fucked up. <laughs> Those I just got fucked up eyes. <laughs> it was hilarious, but and also this the dude Shakur Stevenson, he's also being managed by RJ Ward, so it's interesting to see RJ Ward getting into like the managing side of things. Stoked to see. Kind of retired early in my opinion, but it's boxing, I don't blame you. Also, some other sporting news. Usain Bolt. She scored two goals. And his team won four nothing in his soccer debut. Great job, Usain Bolt. Keep up the good work. Hope you successful in soccer. You wasn't track and field. But now it's time for basketball. I was gonna play some music prior to that basketball was my favorite sport. I like it when they dribble up and down the court. But now I was like, that's corny. I'm not gonna play no basketball. It's NBA season, though. NBA season starts on Tuesday. I can't wait. I can't wait for basketball to be back. I've been waiting all summer. Uh, summer. Those are the days you just have baseball. It's torturous. I hate those days. But anyway, let's look. At, let's let's preview the season. I want to go through all the teams from each conference. I'm going to tell you my, my ideas on them. And trust me, I'm going to talk about Jimmy Butler when we get to Minnesota. But let's start in the East, man. My top 
My teams are gonna. I think they're gonna make the playoffs in the East. Toronto. I think Toronto's gonna be number one seed. They got Kawhi Leonard now. They traded Demar Derozan. I, I know people felt bad for Demar, but let's be real. Demar Derozan. He's one of the people that did not show up against LeBron James. Like he was afraid of him. He choked against LeBron. And I think adding Kawhi Leonard and also adding Danny Green is gonna help the, the Toronto Raptors. I think Toronto Raptors is gonna make it to the Eastern Conference Finals this year. Let's just put it there. Kawhi Leonard is that good. The claw and that weird ass laugh of his. Um, I my number two seed. I'm telling you, the top three seeds are interchangeable. Like either one of them can be number one. Either one of them could end up number three. But those are my top three seeds. Boston, all in the same division too. Toronto, Boston, Philly. The Knicks have no chance with these three teams in the division, you know. But anyway, Boston, we already know about Boston. Boston is one of those teams that I could see going to the finals, and I could see them beating the Golden State Warriors. Like, they have that good of a team. Like, of course, Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward are coming back, but you also have Jason Tatum, you have Jalen Brown, you have Terry Rozier, you have Marquise or Marcus Morris. I don't remember which one it is. I know it's one of the Morris brothers. They also have Al Horford. Like, they have some pieces on Boston. Of course, they have their, their coach. People, like, hold them in high regards. Like, Boston is loaded. And I think they, they, they can give teams a, a run for their money. They're gonna be. I believe they're going to be right there with Toronto. And they're going to face Toronto. And that series is going to go seven games. And I think Boston is going to take that series and go and go represent the Eastern Conference. Philly, three seed. I like Philly. I do. I really like Philly. I had to see it. Like, I don't think they're better than... I think Philly's good, but I just don't think they're better than Boston or Toronto. I feel like the fact that Ben Simmons doesn't have a jumper, that's going to hurt Philly in the long run because, like, defenses are just going to sag off of him and just let him, like... Try and beat them with a, with with their shot. You're not gonna you're not gonna get into the paint. You're gonna have to show me that you can make this jumper. And until then, I don't think Philly's gonna fare well. But we'll see. But I don't think Philly's gonna do great. Great. Indiana, Indiana could be a top four seed this year. I think Indiana. They're not gonna win any. They're not gonna win it at all. But Indiana took a step in the right direction this offseason, adding Tariq Evans. I think that's going to be a huge signing for them. Having another person that can handle the ball and I can initiate offense for them besides Victor Oladipo. To give Victor Oladipo a little break, like, you've basically replaced Lance Stevenson with Tariq Evans. Tariq Evans is a player that I think that can average 18 sits and sits, like, in a season. Like, he's a great number two guy to have alongside Um. Victor Oladipo. And then if Miles Turner gets to evolve and he improves his game, Miles Turner could be a great, like, it could, that could be a big three right there. Darren Collison be on that team. Very, the Indiana Pacers are great. And Nate McMillan coaching them. Like, he's really going to do a great job with this team this year. I think Indiana could be one another, could take another step this year as well. Milwaukee, I don't know about Milwaukee, man. Like, I understand they got the Greek freak, but who else do they have on the team, honestly? Chris Middleton, I don't really fear him as like a second option. Eric Bledsoe, yes, like I, I want him to be that guy that can be the Greek Freeze number two, but I don't think he can. Malcolm Brogdon, they have a bunch of good like role players. They're not really players that can dominate, but we'll see what Greek Freak is able to do. I don't know Giannis is able to if Giannis is going to be able to lead this team like to 
like that next level. Like he got into the playoffs, but he's gonna get into that next level of like winning a playoff series and like making deep runs. I don't know about that. If he developed that jumper, like if he developed like because Giannis had the same problem that Ben Simmons had. Like people just sad off him. You're not getting into the lane. If Giannis got a jumper this year, oh my goodness, he might be MVP. Giannis Giannis Antetokounmpo might be MVP. Yes, I said it right. Thank God. Um, my number six seed I put down in the East, the Washington Wizards. I don't know, man. The Wizards are like the the Steelers of the NBA. Like they just don't like they their locker room is terrible. Like it doesn't seem to have any cohesiveness, no chemistry. Like they don't like each other. Like their stars don't like each other. Martian Gotop was always talking bad about John Wall. Bill will be making little slick comments about John Wall. Just like a whole bunch of like infighting that that you don't win with. But them adding um Austin the Rivers, Austin the Rivers finally got out of his dad's shadow and he's gonna be doing his own thing. Hopefully he plays good defense and he's a good solid backup point guard. So Austin Rivers should be a nice addition. They added Jeff Green as well. Jeff Green he's going back up with Scott Brooks. I don't really know. Jeff Green Hopefully, he could be like a good guy coming off the bench that can like change the game for them, add a little more depth to their bench. And who else is on? Oh, Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard being on the Washington Wizards, I think it's a great move. I think it's a good move. I think I hope that Dwight Howard is able to like sit back, like really put a positive impact on the team. Like I feel like he needs to just work on. Rebound that ball, defending the basket, and and an alley oops, and occasional little oh I'm gonna throw it down to um, Dwight Howard for a little his little ugly um, post shimmy and like jump hook ugly ass shot. <laughs> like Washington should be good this year. Like I feel like Washington like has the tools to be a great team, but they just don't capitalize on it. They just waste it. And now the six, like the seven eight spot, like I really feel like it's gonna be between a bunch of teams. I think Brooklyn could get it. Brooklyn is a sneaky good team, and if they get Jimmy Butler, I think they can make the playoffs, no doubt. If they get Jimmy Butler, if they if they end up trading for Jimmy Butler, I think they can make the playoffs. Brooklyn has Brooklyn is one of those teams like they're a bunch of Jimmy Butlers basically, a bunch of guys that just try that play hard and do things the right way and always give you one hundred and ten percent of effort every night they play. That if Jimmy Butler joined them, I think he would fit well with them. And Kenny Atkinson like got that team playing right. And if D'Angelo Russell like actually lives up to being a number two overall pick, like Brooklyn, Brooklyn we go hard, man. Brooklyn we go hard. But they could be fighting for that, that those final two spots, seven and eight. Another team, Charlotte Hornets. I don't really got much to say about Charlotte. I got two things to say about Charlotte. Number one, Michael Jordan, you cheap as hell. First off. Michael, how much money are you worth? How much money do you make when you release one of your sneakers? You make millions upon millions of dollars. And you, the hurricane happens in North Carolina, you only give a million? That's it? Like, I don't know. Me, personally, if, I, if I'm if Michael Jordan, I'm giving more than just a million dollars to help out North Carolina in, in their time of need. You live there, and you went to school there. You have a team there. Come on now. You just a little bit more than that. LeBron James is building schools in Akron, Ohio. He's building schools and able to send kids send the kids to school for um college for free afterwards. He's also getting parents um he's gonna help parents get jobs. 
Like, are you kidding me? Uh, like, LeBron's amazing. Like, he's doing all that stuff for them kids in that school. He, all you have is a million dollars to give. That's all I got to say, man. And also, for Charlotte, I want Kemba Walker on my on my Knicks. Kemba Walker, your, your talent's being wasted down there in Charlotte. Please, come up to New York. You're from the Bronx. Come back home. Enjoy it. Like, feel the the feel the city again. And this be a Nick, man. Remember that vibe you had during those um, Big, East tournament, Big East tournament? Like, that vibe again. That step back you hit was beautiful against that guy on, um, I forgot, I, think, I forgot what team it was. I know it was around, guy had, like, braids, I think. He he fell on that step back. Everyone remembers the step back shot. Miami, same thing. He's a tough, gritty team. Miami just, they, Miami ain't going to win anything. And also, Justice Windows signed a contract with them, a three-year extension. But my thing, Miami, their best player, like, it doesn't seem like he's on the same wavelength as the team. Like, um, homeboy, Hassan Whiteside, he's like him and um, Eric Spolstra and the other guy, Pat Riley, always seem to be beefing. So I don't know if I could trust them, but they could be fine for the final two spots as well. Chicago, Chicago's a young team, but I feel like Chicago has a good young nucleus. They have Chris Dunn, they have Wendell Carter Jr., they have. Um, Zach Levine, they have um, Bobby Portis, the one that, that punched one's name in the face, Nikola Jokic in the face, and now Nikola Mirancic in the face, and who else? Larry Marketing. That's a great little young core. Like That's good six guys that Wendell Carter Jr. is going to be a problem. Zach Levine, if he can get it together. Oh, and he also has Jabari Parker on the team as well. Like, they have a nice little young nucleus on that team. I'm really, like, looking forward to seeing the Bulls play and watching them. Like, if they pull it together, they could they could sneak into the playoffs maybe this year. They just got to pull everything together. It is the Eastern Conference, to be honest with you. Who knows who's going to get these final two spots. And Detroit. Detroit basically is going to – it goes where the White Howard – not the White Howard, Blake Griffin and – the, um, Andre Drummond take them. Like, they need to step up. Hopefully, having Dwayne Casey there will, like, help the team move forward in the right direction. But Detroit should be one of those. This is another one of those teams that's in the midst for those final two playoff spots. Teams are just not going to do it. I'm just going to tell you right now. The teams I just don't believe in. Orlando, Atlanta, and my Knicks. They're not making the playoffs. But my Knicks, we definitely got to talk about my Knicks. My Knicks... This year, is this going to be another rebuilding year for the Knicks? Like, we just, I really just want to see what Kevin Knox can do. I want to see who's going to be my point guard of the future. Is it going to be Moody? Is it going to be um, Trey Burke? Is it going to be Nilakina? Is it going to be uh, this new guy, Alonzo Trier? Like, who's going to step up out of that crop? Like, I want to see who's going to step up. Like, this is just, like, I, this is just a show-me year. Like, who's can who's going to show me, like, they deserve to be on this team and they're going to play hard for Dick, Coach Fisdale. I believe in Fisdale. I feel like he is going to change the culture in New York. I feel like he already has. I want to see my team play harder. I want to see my team, like, fight every night. I want to see, like, people come into New York and be like, nah, you're not coming to New York and winning on my turf. And also, definitely want to see what um this kid – that first round pick Kevin Knox can do this year. I want to see how he plays off the. He plays good off the ball. That's what he did mostly in Kentucky. But I want to see how he, like, can, if he can run an offense through him. 
And if he's able to be a playmaker for his teammates around him, that'll be important to see this year from um, Kevin Knotts. And we also, the Knicks, they finally got rid of Joe Kim Noah's bum ass. And Noah could go join the Minnesota Bulls. Because <laughs> you all know the, the Minnesota decided every Bull player that Tom Taylor ever had. Jimmy Butler started it off. Then you got um, Derrick Rose. You have um, Luol Deng. And now, and now um, Luol Deng, Tarot. Uh, I said Tarot. <laughs> What's his name? Oh, man. Taj Gibson, Taj Gibson. He's on the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now he needs to ask Joe Kim Noah. But my Knicks, I'm really optimistic about them. Those are my main things. I just want to see a point guard. I don't really want to see Porzingis this year at all. Ennis Cantor, I want Ennis I like Ennis Cantor. I feel like he fits in New York well. I feel like his personality is goes great in New York. And he's a beast on the boards. Like I respect in his cancer. That man, he will grab that man grabs rebounds like it's nothing, man. He's always grabbing a rebound. If if Fizdel can help him out with his defense, I think we should sign him back. And also another person I wish Fizdale would help out is um helping develop is my guy Tim Hardaway Jr. Tim Hardaway Jr. needs to show that he can like he can be a, a legit starting number two guard. Like I wanna see him like, at least get, like, 16 points a game. Like, there's no reason why Tim Hardaway Jr. can't walk away scoring 16. Between, like, 16 to, I think, like 20, 20 would be great. Like, 16 to 20 points a game. Like, the low, I, I want to see from Tim Hardaway 16. And great year, like, great all-star year is him getting 20 at night. Being a, a legit, like, scoring option for us. In a starting lineup. But we'll see what tomorrow, tomorrow is way to do. I hope he's ready to take that next step. <laughs> Moving on to the Western Conference. Um, we need to go. First one, Golden State. I'm going to talk about them. The only thing I really want to say about Golden State is if Bucky Cousins is nice, like it's not even going to be fair this year. They're going to win another title. But I don't know, man. <laughs> like, I really hope that Bucky Cousins is not going to be nice. That's all I hope for. Hope he, like, I, I hope he, he turns out to be good and he's he recovers well from his injury. But I just don't want Boogie Cousins to ruin the season for me. Because I feel like it could be a lot of good storylines this year. Especially in the Western Conference. But moving on to Houston Rockets. Houston, they added Carmelo Anthony. Some people question the move. I kind of question the move. Like I really don't see the fit. But Carmelo Anthony wants to win the title. He wants to play with... Um, his best friend Chris Paul, and I think if Chris Paul, Chris Paul always gets hurt in big moments, man. He's just always hurt. I don't think he's gonna be there, and Harden is never there. Like he doesn't do good in clutch times, clutch moments. He's just not that guy. When you want, when the game's online or it's a big game, like you don't want Harden on your side. Like at the end of the day, so. I don't know. I don't know if it's gonna be anything different than it was last year. Like, hopefully that the other additions. Like, I know they got Brandon Knight on the team. Hopefully they can revive his career. He could be a good, like, spell for um, Chris Paul. Mike Carter Williams, another good one. Like another point guard. So you just, you just like Houston. You just hope to hope you get back to the same position and you just hope for a different result with Houston. Because Carmelo Anthony now be on the team, you just don't know what Carmelo. You're not like I'm sick of people like saying Hoodie Melo. Hoodie Melo is just is a concoction. I can make I could film 
I could um, change a whole bunch of shots and make it look like I'm nice because you edited it that way. Like, we all know Carmelo's nice, but I'm just saying. Like, Hoodie Melo's not a real thing. Hoodie, like, I just need Melo to just be a competent player this year. Just competent. Like, give me, come off the bench, give me, like, a good, give me a good 20 minutes a night. Give me a good 10, 15, 10, 12 points a night. I think that would be great for Carmelo. And he could take over some games, too. That's why I think they're banking on because they know that um, Carmelo is not going to be afraid to take the shot. I think James Harden is in big moments, so let's move on. OKC, OKC, my team, my team, my favorite players. One of my favorite players is um, my two favorite players are um, what's this guy's name? He's on OKC. Oh man, I'm drawing a blank. Oh man, where is it? What's the guy's name? I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. Uh, Russell Westbrook, man. Oh, please don't kill me. Russell Westbrook. Also, another person I do like on um, in the in NBA, especially in the Western Conference, is Damian Lillard. But going back to OKC, OKC this year, I want to see Russell Westbrook play off the ball more. I want to see him be able to like run off screens and stuff like that. Maybe post up more and let the ball, let the offense run through Paul George. And, like, let Russell Westbrook get a break from, like, running the offense. Let him, like, I still want him to run the offense, run his little pick and roll with um Steven Adams. But I want the ball to also be in Paul George's hand, too. To, like, let him get a rhythm. Let him feel, like, feel good. So, like, so Russ has him and Russ can depend on him throughout the whole game. Um, another person that's going to be pouring for the Thunder is Dennis Schroeder. He coming in. He could be another ball handler. He could be in the like the um the uh, fourth quarter as part of like their final lineup. Like he could be part of that little squad. Patrick Patterson has to show up this year. Steven Adams. I hope he's still Steven Adams because last year he was a monster. I hope he's still in that same wave. And Paul George. Paul George. I just want him like handle the ball more. I wanted to see. I wanted to see him, see him initiate the offense just as much as um. Russell Westbrook and I both I want to see both of them like be able to play off the ball and play off the ball well together like come on screens and stuff Paul George post up every once in a while like I just want to see something different from the offense because I because okay see like I'm not really seeing a big difference between Billy Donovan and um Scott Brooks like Scott Brooks Billy Donovan needs to step up like he needs to step up and do his job Utah you know what can I say about Utah Utah has a defense they got um one of the best young players in the game. I forgot his name. Oh man. I forgot his name. Donovan Mitchell. One of the best young players in the game. They have him. I think Utah is gonna make the playoffs once again. They're gonna have a good defense. Kurt Snyder is a great coach. Like Quinn Snyder, he's a good coach. I think they're gonna have a they're gonna have a good team this year again. I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of teams vying for these spots in the East. I mean the West. A lot of teams. The Lakers. Lakers. I say LeBron's success this year. One thing I want to see LeBron do. I want to see LeBron be able to to make the players around him better. Like I know people are gonna say, oh, LeBron does make people around him better. I feel like LeBron makes them better for him. Like he takes. He says like, hey, oh, like Kyle Kobe. He says, Kyle Kobe, you make threes. I want you to like. All I want you to do is make threes. 
big say in the quarter, perfect making threes. He doesn't make Kyle Korver better. He doesn't like add new dimensions to Kyle Korver's game. That's why I never seen from like Tristan Thompson or J.R. Smith. Like they come, like you think of when they come and play with LeBron, you'll see some type of improvement in their game. Like they can do something new. But really, the only thing they could do is what LeBron brought them in there to do. Like, oh, I just want you to shoot three, so that's all you can do. Uh, Tristan Thompson, like Tristan Thompson, doesn't do, didn't do anything. All he did was grab rebounds. He's supposed to be the energy guy. Like, he, he has to be able to do something else. He he couldn't make a shot. Couldn't make a bunny hook. Like, he was just useless. Like for other anything other than rebounding or energy plays. Like. Like, those are huge things in basketball. Don't get me wrong, but who wants to see Tristan Thompson <laughs> shoot a ball? Nobody. And that's my whole thing. Like, Tristan Thompson's game didn't really improve. In a way, like, I always say LeBron's like makeup. He makes your imperfections beautiful, basically. Like, he doesn't really, he doesn't really fix the problem. He just masked, he just masked all the imperfections and makes them look perfect. That's what LeBron James is. He's makeup. But what I really want to say is, like, LeBron, this year, it's going to really depend on what type of players are in the West. Like, is it going to be players that, like, when they see LeBron, they step on the court with LEBRON, they're going to be in awe of him. Like, oh, my God, I'm standing up to LeBron. I'm playing LeBron on multiple occasions now. Like, oh, my goodness. Is that what it's going to be like? Or is it going to be, like, what it was – Um what it's supposed to be like, yo, I'm gonna come come out here and compete and I'm not afraid of LeBron. Like if it's like that, I feel like LeBron's gonna I don't think LeBron is the Lakers gonna struggle if it's like that. But if players are like basically doing what the Toronto Raptors did, just laying over and rolling over and just quitting on whenever they see the sight of LeBron, then yeah. LeBron's I can see LeBron making it to the Western Conference Finals with this team. They got nice pieces. They got um Kyle Kuzma, they have Lonzo Ball, they have like a lot of Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, they have young pieces, and they also have a good mixture of old pieces as well. With the Rondo, you know what Rondo does in the playoffs. The man's amazing. You put him with LeBron, they not. I don't think they could lose a game. Rondo and LeBron together, come on, man. But we'll see about the Lakers. Okay, we'll talk more about them later. New Orleans, New Orleans, New Orleans. I don't know what to say about New Orleans. Like, I know they have Anthony Davis, but and they had they had some nice additions. They added Julius Randle. They still have um, Drew Holiday. They have Nikola Mirotic. Um, they have a nice little core there in New Orleans, but I don't know if that's gonna be enough in the West to get the job done. Like, they're not like they have too many other teams that they have to compete with. I don't know if they're gonna be able to compete with those teams. And make a deep run in the playoffs. But I do like New Orleans Pelicans. And I do think Anthony Davis could be a league MVP this year. Especially, definitely a candidate. But I think he could win the whole thing by himself. Portland. Portland had a disappointing year. They lost to the Pelicans. Got swept. I was very disappointed with um, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. Very disappointed. But it's a new year. I still don't think they're going to win anything. Like, I don't know. They didn't really add anything. I guess if Yusef... I think it's... I forgot the guy. I think it's Yusef Nurchik. They're certain they got from... Um, the center they got from... Oh, what team was he on? Denver. Like, I believe that's his name, Yusef Nurchik. 
I think he, if he steps up and like is able to be a, a legit third option, like a no doubt third option for them, I think they can make a little noise. They're not gonna win anything, of course, but they can make a little noise. I wish Carmelo Anthony would win to them because I think CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard could play off the ball very well with Carmelo Anthony, especially Carmelo Anthony's in the post. And he just have those two just running action, like, and Carmelo just has to find them. I think it would be great. It would have been great for Carmelo, but. Melo wants a ring. He wants to play with Chris Paul. By any means, go do you. San Antonio. I don't know. San Antonio, I don't trust DeMar DeRozan. That's number one. Number two, they have so many injuries. Lonnie Walker, they have Devontae Morris out. Like They have a lot of injury issues this year. I don't know if San Antonio's going to be able to do it again. I feel bad for Greg Popovich. Denver. Denver should be in the playoffs this year. I just hope Denver. I hope that Isaiah Thomas, like, is a is very instrumental in Denver this year because I want him to get his money finally. Like he deserves his money. And I feel like if he's able to show out this year and help Denver make it to the playoffs and make a deep run, he's gonna get that money that he deserves. But we shall see what he's able to do this year. But that's what I'm expecting and wanting from him. Isaiah Thomas and the Denver Nuggets. Denver has a good bench too. Not a bench, like a good backcourt. They have Will Barton well, he comes off the bench normally, but they also have um, Jamal Murray and, and Gary Gary Harris. Those two great shooters, and they're not afraid of the moment at all. Like they, they 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 a bunch of riders. They they play good games against um, Golden State all the time. Good team. Phoenix, Phoenix, Phoenix is one of the teams. They could be the one of the worst teams in the league, but I really do believe like this year they have a lot of pieces in place. They have the big man in DeAndre, and they have the uh, veteran um, starter in Trevor Ariza. Then they got Devin Booker. They have um, Josh Jackson. They have Mikael Bridges. Like they have pieces that they brought in this year that I'm really like happy for. And they have a and they have a good coach there too right now as well. They just hired the Clippers. Clippers are the Clippers. Like I don't really know what to say about the Clippers. There's not really much you can say about the Clippers though. Um, yeah, there's not really much you can say about the Clippers. Their team is not that great. They have Mo Williams. Not Mo Williams. Um, The other sits man of the year. The always sits man. I forgot his name. Lou Williams. Lou, 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 Lou. And they also have, like, they have fringe good players. They have Lou Williams. They have um Tobias Harris. Dilo Gallinari. Like, they have a bunch of, like, kind of cast-offs and kind of people, like, feel with that. We're said to have, like, a lot of potential. But haven't really lived up to it. But hopefully they could do it this year. Um, said the Clippers. Dallas, Dallas is really not gonna do anything. I really want to see Luka Doncic and Dennis Smith Jr. work well together. Hopefully, they can like make something happen between those two and Harrison Barnes. Cause I think, and also, um, DeAndre Jordan being like that rim protector and being that alley oop person. I feel like that could be a good nucleus for the Dallas Mavericks. Memphis, uh. They suck. Mike Conley needs to get out of there. Like, he needs a chance. And also, like, I really don't feel bad for Marcus because he had a good coach. And he ran them off. <laughs> ran Dave Fizdale off. But thank you, though, Marcus Gasol. <laughs> and then the Kings. Kings? Eh. Kings not that good. Not that good at all. <laughs> but I do want to see um De'Aaron Fox and um the other guy. Play together. Marvin Bagley, the draft pick from this year. Those two I want to see together. I want to see how they play. And that's what I need to Minnesota Timberwolves.
Timberwolves are not going anywhere. They're not winning the title. But some drama did happen with the Timberwolves this this past week. Um, Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins and Cap, um, Carlton Towns were called out by Jimmy Butler during practice. Jimmy Butler was in practice also this week saying to the GM, oh, you saying to the GM, you fucking need me. And he also said, you can't win without me. All true statements by Jimmy Butler. Let's, let's not get that confused. Jimmy Butler is speaking the truth. They do need him. But anyway, <laughs> um, I'm on Jimmy Butler's side of this whole situation. Like I just said, Jimmy, they need Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler works way too hard to be getting outpaid by Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns. Especially after what I saw with, from Carl Anthony Towns last year against the Rockets. He got owned by Clint Capella. Clint Capella wiped, mopped the floor with him. He was barbecue chicken for Clint Capella last year in the playoffs. And he had a disappointing series. Jimmy Butler played his heart out. Um, Andrew Wiggins, I don't think I've ever seen Andrew Wiggins care about playing basketball. Or I've ever seen him play hard, play a game hard, ever. I just want to see, like, a lot of people sit there and say that Andrew Wiggins, he's really only in it for the money, so who knows? I'm not really, I don't feel like Gene Bow was wrong in the situation. He should get his money, and I feel like he deserves his money more than those other two guys, because he's actually bringing, he's putting himself on the line, and he actually affects the game in a positive way. You know, like, Andrew Wiggins is the only person I know that can score 25 and you would never notice because he doesn't, like, he won't show it. And also, like, it's the most quiet 25 you'll ever see in your life. So, you just never know. Minnesota is not going anywhere, honestly. I really hope they don't complete Minnesota Bulls and and um, sign Joe Kim Noah, but I fear that's what might happen with Tom Thibodeau. And that's just it. Basketball. Let's go talk about the session service tip of the week. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I forgot to mention my MA finals prediction before we get into the Scepter Service tip of the week. I want to mention my my NBA finals prediction. I believe the Boston Celtics are gonna see the Golden State Warriors in the finals. That's my head picking. That's probably the most logical pick of, that I can make. My heart, though, I want to see the Boston Celtics go up against the um, Boston Celtics go up against the Oklahoma City Thunder, and I want to see Russell Westbrook finally get a ring. Finally get a ring. Like I want to see him get a ring. I know Durant got his too. I want to see Russell Westbrook get his ring finally. That's my prediction. But I know it's gonna be. Freaking um, Golden State. And I know they're going to win because Boogie Cousins is going to be a monster. So, that's there you have it. Now, let's get into step to service. Tip of the week. I just want to let you guys, give you guys a little background. I am a server. Well, I'm a recently retired server. And in the server industry, you have step to service. Step to service is basically a guideline that servers have to follow whenever they're greeting a table or doing anything in the restaurant. They just have to follow these guidelines. And I want to share these guidelines with, with you for servers that don't know the guidelines and also customers as well. So you get a little insight on the server industry. My step to server is tip of the week this week. I just want to start with the simple stuff. For customers, when you come in, if the host greets you or if the server greets you or the bartender greets you and they're trying to tell you like about specials, they're trying to tell you about 
um, things that's going on, the daily promotions. Like they're trying to like let you know about the menu and be personable and open up to you and greet you. Acknowledge that they are there. Like I, I hate when I'm at a t- if I'm at a table and they just don't even acknowledge my presence. Like I say hello and they don't even acknowledge the fact I just say hello. Don't you think that's rude? Imagine I come, imagine you come up to me and you say hello and I don't even acknowledge you. I just keep going on my conversation. It's rude. So customers, can you please? I beg of you. This week, if you go to a restaurant and your waiter greets you, say hello. Say hello back. Listen to the specials. And don't complain later and say, oh, I didn't know about that. I wish I would have known. Hey, you would have known if you would just listened. Huh. That's the step server tip of the week. Just listen. Acknowledge the server. Say hello back. Servers, I got you. Don't worry. I know the struggle. I hope you guys have a great week this week. Servers, make the money. Don't let it make you. Keep making that money. I know the struggle. I know you probably had a long weekend, but it's all for a purpose, man. That's it, really. That's all I got. That's all I got for today. Today was a long day. I'm glad I got this podcast done. I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank you for tuning in. Um, I want you to come back. Stay tuned until next week. Um, If you want to follow me on... uh, on social media platforms or just message me, talk to, like message me about what I had to say, talk about. Just reach out to me on Instagram. My Instagram is at eleven sos twenty five. Again, at eleven sos twenty five. Um, that is my Instagram. You guys can reach me on there. Until next week, man. I see you guys. I'm gonna talk to you. Well, I'm not gonna see you, but I'm gonna talk to you guys next week. Thank you guys again for listening. Hey, y'all. Hey.